I wish that was on the episode. That part is. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Versus Pop Culture. My name is Richard. With me is Greg. Hello. And Johnny. I am in zero shape to do this right now. <laughs> That's okay. Do you guys want to have like a 20-minute conversation about Peloton again that I, I end, we ended up losing? Oddly enough, I did actually bring up a couple websites. Right. <laughs> Oh, shit. Okay, here. Let's TLDR this. Greg yes. wants a rowing machine. Richard. Doctor Who. Julie came up with her own version of the Doctor. Everyone okay, cried no, seeing they, David we Tennant. Don't, no, we don't, need to, we don't need to do this. We, <laughs> we, 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 I know we already went through it, but the people listening are going to be like, what the fuck's happening right now? Oh, we're just, we're just rapid-fire machine gun chops. Yeah, we, we, we just recorded 20 minutes, and then the website inexplicably reset and lost it. <laughs> lost yours. Keep my mind. Johnny's and I, were, our conversation could have been salvaged. But Greg, the parts that I say wouldn't have been salvaged, so it would have just been like long pauses, followed by, uh-huh. Right. So, anyway... Go back over. It's been a week. Give, give us the give us the Julie costume. Yes, and the update so on Doctor Julie Who. Julie went through. Um, Julie always goes through like seventy four Halloween costumes. Like she's a child that will start telling you in like January what she wants to be for Halloween. Nice. And that's why you can't. And she's a damn dirty liar. You can't listen to her. <laughs> She'll be like, Dad, for Halloween I want to be. Uh, <laughs> princess you know princess sophia or whatever and you'll be like oh okay and then <laughs> when you're at disney world you'll find a princess sophia dress and she'll be like cool this will be my halloween costume and what she really means is please buy this for me now i will wear it two days while we were at disney mm-hmm. and then i will never wear it again <laughs> so you do that uh and i don't know why i pulled princess sophia out of my rear end because it was maribel this year <laughs> If you wanted to be Maribel. You were just throwing uh, names just as a point of reference. Yeah. Uh, and then when we were in Disneyland, um, she did wear Maribel again one day. Uh, but she also conned us into buying her a Raya costume. Ooh, okay. And then we finished Raya, and like immediately after, she's like, I want to be Spider-Man for Halloween. <laughs> and that lasted a solid, like, mm, Probably like four months of her saying she wanted to be Spider-Man. Not Spider-Gwen, Spider-Man. Okay. Until it came time for uh, the Cincinnati Comic Expo, in which she now decided she wanted to be Spider-Gwen. Right. And she was going to be it for Halloween, too. Nope. (laughs) She got done with the Comic Expo. She immediately started picking other costumes. (laughs) And I was finally just like, look, I know this girl. We've done this song and dance before. Please don't bother telling me what you want to be until we get to the month of October. Right. Because I'm not buying you anything <laughs> just to have you turn around and be like, I'm not wearing that. Which 100% so, would have been the case. Yeah. And, and, and she's she's not that rude about it, but it's still, it's the point. Like, she'll, she'll just be like, I don't want to be that anymore. I want to be this. And you'll be like, I'm holding a $60 costume in my hand. What do you mean you don't want to be this anymore? And that actually almost happened, because for most of the month of October, she decided she wanted to be uh, Dr. Jane Foster. Okay. Uh, And then we watched the Doctor Who Centenarian special. 
Right. David Tennant appeared on screen again. She spent, like, the next two days watching nothing but Doctor Who. Watched basically the entire Matt Smith's run in, like, two days. Uh, and she ended up changing her mind again, and she decided she wanted to be her own version of the Doctor. Wearing a dress and a bow tie and a David Tennant-style jacket and carrying around a sonic screwdriver. So that was her final her final costume wish. Going into the closet and picking out all the old things. Yeah, basically. It's like, oh, wow, this is kind of nice. You know, other than the dress, which had to be bought. <laughs> you know, we already had most of these things. Richard, as she ages, you know she's going to want to do something unique for every con you end up going to, right? Yeah, it's fine. Get her into a sewing class, man. Start teaching that kid how to do her own get-ups. Is, look, as long as she is doing unique things and not changing her mind 74 times after we buy costumes, mm-hmm. I don't care. Oh, no, he's being sincere. Because you look at someone, what's... There's a woman that does all her own stuff. And, like, I'm talking next incredible um, costumes for cons. Alice and Tabitha. She's the one that does, like, she did David Bowie from Labyrinth and all this other stuff. And, like, yeah, she makes really good money for her appearances. They had her speak at San Diego. Like, speak on a panel. Yeah, there's, um, God, I can't think of what her name is now. Um, it's a fun name, too. Like, just the whole way that she says it. Anamia. Okay. Um, there used to be a, a show called like something of cosplay or something like that. Mm-hmm. I only ran for, I think a season or two, but yeah, a heroes of cosplay. Um, and they ended up having a bunch of high end cosplay, uh, people on it. And it was always interesting to watch them. Uh, but Anamia has gotten so good at cosplay that they really don't even let her enter competitions anymore. <laughs> they only bring her in as a judge. Right. Um, that's, I mean, it's just, it's mind-boggling that you can make a career playing dress-up. Literally. Like, just, and do really, really well for yourself. I mean, good for that, man. I love seeing, like, almost a return to, like, artistic interpretations of, like, different costumes. And that's, I just, I think it's really cool. And, I mean, I wish for a tenth of a second I had that level of talent but we all gravitate to what we do the best but that's yeah. really cool about the costume man I love that she just circled back around and she's like I'm gonna be the doctor it was cute it was uh, she also decided that I had to be a uh, inflatable dinosaur <laughs> I specifically had to be an inflatable dinosaur <laughs> uh, have you have never been inside of an inflatable dinosaur? It is a a fun costume to wear because everyone loves it, but it is an incredibly unfun costume to wear because it is the hot. Place where you look out of immediately fogs up. <laughs> um. So I had a field of vision where I could see pretty clearly about three to five feet ahead of me. Yeah. And anything past that was basically just a blur. 
So I was immediately like, yeah, guess who's not walking with Julie this year? I will hand out candy. <laughs> so I would basically stand at the back of my driveway with my AirPods in, listening to music or whatever. And if I saw movement, like, across the street, if I saw, like, a blur go from one side to another, I'd be like, aha, there are children coming. <laughs> and I would grab the bowl and walk to the front of the driveway. <laughs> Can, but, is there photographic evidence of this? Oh, I'm sure there is. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to need a copy. I, um, you, I mean, you can't see me. You just see an inflatable dinosaur. No, I just, I just need that as your photo contact in my phone now. Um, it got really funny, though, because, uh, like, you know, I'm inside this inflatable dinosaur. There's nothing I can do other than, like, if I want to get a drink or something, I have to basically zip down the front and deflate it. Yeah. So you would see the front of it zip down from the inside. Then you'd see my hand reach out, pick up a beer. My hand would reach back into the costume. <laughs> I would drink, and I would put the beer back out and zip back up and let it reinflate. <laughs> Almost a weirder version of the Ace Ventura 2 scene. <laughs> uh, yeah. Except for I was wearing clothes inside. I'd hope so. Okay. Uh, Johnny, anything you want to talk about that you did? Uh, we made our long-awaited trip to New Orleans. We got donuts. We got coffee. Sorry, beignet. Square donuts. Um, we got regular donuts. On what felt like an entire loaf of bread per donut. A little bit not the biggest fan. Um, got to do a walking tour, learn the history of the city and stuff. How it was basically a penal colony where they sent all their prisoners. And they're like, oh, we want to reform these gentlemen. You know what we should do? Send them women. Where do we send the women from? A female prison! What do women like 400 years ago go to prison for? prostitution. So now we're going to send a bunch of prostitutes to a penal colony. What's the worst that could happen? Um, anyways, New Orleans is uh, really, it's really cool. Um, obviously everyone goes because of Bourbon Street, but like between the museums and the history and the opportunity for like some really damn good food. It was, uh, it was interesting, man. A little bit heartbreaking because you can still see it's been a while since 2005 but like you can tell that they're still trying to recover because they even had the other hurricane last year as well that still came through but it's just it's it's really tough it's really tough um you can't help but really just pull for the people in that city yeah they all just they were all so nice and they were all so welcoming and warm and they were either that or on meth and i mean it was just it was <laughs> It was, it's tough, man, because you can see the, like, socioeconomic impact that that hurricane had put people in a really bad spot. And, I mean, you kind of go to a place like that and you wonder, like, you know, how how can we help? You know what I mean? Um, the architecture is beautiful. Turns out none of the buildings you see there are any of the original buildings because they have burned that city in its entirety to the ground no less than two times. You're like, hey, I know what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, we 
we are probably going to go back. I think there's a lot of places we would like to explore. We didn't really make it to any of the cemeteries or anything. And I know it sounds really odd, but like the cemeteries are pretty, pretty, <laughs> I don't want to say popular. Um, but like it's, it's a destination. Some of those cemeteries we got to see <sighs> Nicholas Cage's future resting spot. What a douche. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really cool to go there. Uh, obviously I want to get on, do an airboat tour with Ashley and get to some of the, like the bayou and see some of the, you know, wildlife preserves that they have. And from a safe distance, see a couple, uh, see a couple gators, see a couple gators, uh, lots of Joe Burrow things everywhere. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> they, they love LSU, which is kind of cool. Cause those colors are fantastic, but. It was a good time. I mean, the craziest thing about Bourbon Street, not, I would say it's the only thing that separates it from Broadway and Nashville is that there's no age range to Bourbon Street. Like I'm talking, there was like 70 to 85 year olds going just as hard as the 20 somethings. And I just, you sit back and you're like, this is such a cool Obviously not my scene per se. I'm not really big on that type of culture and the party thing. Um, but seeing what a widespread demographic of people go to just enjoy that. And obviously it's Halloween, so it's going to be ramped up another 5%. It was, it was, it was fun. Airport was great. Um, I rank my cities based on quality of airport, which is unfortunate for Cincinnati most times. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> It's uh we had a really good time. We we enjoyed the things that we had wanted to do that we did get around to being able to do and we have a couple left on our list so yeah. There will be a return at some point. And that was that. Thanks. Hmm. For you Disney folk, the place we stayed and what do they call the neighborhood Treme Treme? There was a show on HBO by the same name. Yeah, Treme. Um, where we actually stayed was approximately two and a half blocks from the restaurant and the woman, the grandmother that Princess and the Frog was based on. And they have a big placard sign. The woman that the, I think it was the grandmother in Princess and the Frog, the cook, the woman that was based on remained a chef at that restaurant until she was 104 years old. Okay. So it was kind of cool, a little bit of a Disney tie-in there, and it was kind of cute. That's one of the restaurants we are hoping to go back to, because we didn't get an opportunity to do it this time. But we will eat our way through New Orleans next time we get a chance to go. So you did not recreate the uh, Homer excursion in New Orleans? No. (laughs) No, that'll that'll be a much later time. Also, if you do go... And you see someone selling the voodoo daiquiri. Yes, get one. And I need to underline and emphasize, get one. Okay. (laughs) That was it. That was my week. Um, In the week of entertainment, however, there has been... There has been some substantial developments in the last 14 days. Just a tiny bit. Just a little bit. Nothing substantial. Nothing big. Nothing crazy. 
Um, yeah, are you planning to uh, go out of town some more so that more giant breaking news can happen and we can uh, be pushed off by week? My wife and I travel so that the three of us have things to talk about on the podcast. That's pretty much what it comes down to. Like Every time you guys are going out of town, it's like, hey, by the way, uh, nuclear Armageddon started, uh, and they started in Hollywood, so we need to talk about that. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm leaving town on Friday. <laughs> Next time we go to Europe, the zombie apocalypse starts, and I'm just going to be like, yep, we're staying here. Yeah, it's actually only in. Uh, it's actually only at the Disney and DC headquarters. We don't know what happened, but the zombie apocalypse is only there. We got to talk. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh god! I'm sure the next six weeks there will be nothing super exciting happening, and we're just going to sit here and be like, "So, uh, how was your lunch on Tuesday?" <laughs> Oh, there's many super exciting things happening, and we will talk about them. Um, all right, let's get into it. We got the we got the big pieces. We got the grand finale. Greg is needing another coffee, very likely. Let's get Peter going. Peter Safran and James Gunn are taking over DC Entertainment. Effective immediately. Can so go ahead. Can can do I get like a little bit of do I get like a little bit of a tip of the cap here? Uh, it were uh, hold on, I have a cap nearby. <laughs> I people have, can't see that, but I just picked it up, put it on, and then tipped it to you. How long have I been saying that if either one of these companies knew what the they were doing for the next? let's say three to five years, you are going to take someone with the talent, the vision, and the creativity, and the ability to bring all walks of life together the way that James Gunn has done in the films and properties he has gotten to dabble in or create. Because you could theoretically expand each property that he has worked on for either studio into its own thing because he's given them that opportunity. I have been begging for James Gunn to get not, I'm not talking like take Kevin's job, but I mean, I think take some of the workload from Kevin. It would have been smart to just kind of like split responsibilities the same way that DC has now tasked him with. I think you're going to, it's, this is the best thing they could have done because you have someone who has one creative vision instead of feeling like everything is fractured and disjointed and there's no, they've lacked congruency for the last few years. Like everything just kind of seems like they dropped a plate on the floor and they're like, look at all these wonderful single plates. No, it's just, you don't know how to put them together to create one. So I think it's, I think it's amazing. I do hope it works out better than when they brought, was it, um, oh, what was his name? Hamada? Yeah. This, I mean, we talked about this before and I, I don't want to beat the dead horse on how many people have been in charge of DC just but since we've started this podcast. It's too many cooks. It was too many cooks and they knew it was too many cooks. But now you have one, I know they say they have two people handling this role now, but let's be totally honest. 
Well, I, I believe Gunn is in charge of creative and Safran's in charge of finance. Perfect. But if you're going to give me, I just, yes, give me that. Give me the Shazam and, franchise moving <laughs> forward with James Gunn being able to dabble a little bit. Those films are going to be fantastic. It's a loss. Honestly, it is a loss for Marvel. I I don't know that there's another James Gunn out there that they can bring in. I know Favreau says he's pretty much done with Marvel. I it's it's interesting because it's not quite <laughs> I don't want to make a wrestling comparison here cuz it's too easy. That's low-hanging fruit, but this feels like a this feels like WCW starting and winning the Monday Night Wars and then like Austin 360. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, I don't know about all that. I, I don't know, man. Let's but that's this is this is my perspective. It's going to take a little while for us to see what happens. But let's be honest, Marvel has scuffled a little bit. Greg, mm-hmm. would you not agree that there's been some stumbling for not even one or two, but there's been some consistent like, oh, missed that one. Yeah, they could have done a bunch of different things differently. It's leaving room for DC to get in there. And I it's I I think between Cavill these... coming back and now having someone who has a creative vision for an entirety of the universe or for their film franchises, I think this makes I do think this makes a difference so long as Warner Brothers Discovery doesn't impede James Gunn and what he wants to do. I think if James Gunn is given the creative freedom within reason and working with the financials to do what he did with Guardians, but be able because he loves DC. He it's it's no surprise. He has been very vocal about the stuff that he loves from DC. Richard, what was your character, the rubber guy? I can't think of it. I'm so sorry. From like the CW series. Oh, you talking about Ralph? Yeah, what was his like actual? Oh, um, hero name. Uh, Elastic Man. Isn't he one of like your favorite characters? No. I know you like Blue Beetle. That's already coming. I, I mean, I, I, I like Ralph as a character, but he's oh, not okay. one of my favorites. So I just think we'll see. Um, it's elongated man. Elongated man. Yes. How are you feeling about this moving forward? I've I've just talked this to death. I've given my perspective. I think everyone knows, like, Greg. <laughs> Greg's like, woo, DC. This is like Greg when they bought friggin' Chelsea because now he's a Dodgers fan. Greg's yep. now a DC fan, too. I love Cavill, man. And I love James Gunn. Like, how do you yeah. not want this to succeed? You know, yep. especially, you know, Marvel is, they just keep beating a dead horse. It's always yeah. the same stuff. You're gonna just reskinned. Like they could have done so much more with the with the properties they have, but it's like, all right, this works. Let's just stick with this. Stick with this. And then after Infinity Wars, you're like, okay. And then Eternals comes out, and you're like, oh. And you know, you obviously Black Widow's in there. There's some other ones that were okay movies, but they had no congruence. Like there's no feeling that they're going through the same path. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and I think Richard mentioned, like, that's what we're expecting Quantumania to kind of do, is start drawing everything into, like, a 
not a singular vision, but like at least give you that, oh, this is where we're headed. Because don't, Jonathan Winters coming into this franchise and this studio is going to make a difference because I think that's going to be the lead into your next big, bad Thanos esque villain. I don't think he's the one, but I think that's the, I think he is the yellow brick road. But I agree with you. Um, Shang-Chi was obviously... It, it's unfortunate. I think Shang-Chi was the outlier for Marvel in the last while. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to continue to say that I had... There was definitely ones that stuff that Marvel's put out that I have liked quite a bit. Yep. Um, but I do understand where you're coming from. They have had... I wouldn't say that they've had a, all misses, but they've had a lot more... Meh, that was a movie. Yeah. Than they have in the past. Um, but I, I'm not all doom and gloom on them because, it, quite frankly, I don't think James Gunn was going to do anything with Marvel following Guardians of the Galaxy three for quite some time. Um, I, I I legitimately don't think that I don't think they were going to sign him on to anything or that he was going to agree to anything. Uh, not because I think Guardians of the Galaxy 3 will be bad or anything like that, but because I think he's probably burnt out on working on Marvel set pieces as often as he has. Um, I don't know. From a DC side of things, I do think James has a really good creative vision. Um, I do worry a tiny bit more about Guardians of the Galaxy 3 now. Yeah. Because Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I liked but it wasn't if you Guardians. talk to people, there are a lot of people who will now say, well, you know, that wasn't a very good movie. Yeah. And if three isn't well received, I worry that Warner Brothers is going to get itchy. Um, but that being said, Peacemaker Season 2 is already on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, I'm still looking forward to that. There's a lot coming... Uh, that I think that James could have a hand in that is is really, really interesting. I mean, I, I would love to see him get directly involved with whatever's going on with Superman. Yeah. Um, and speaking of, you know, this is one of our next topics. Henry Cavill's out as The Witcher. He has officially announced himself that he will not be returning for season four. Yeah. So... Was there something about the creative kind of differences there too, though? Like it wasn't even just that now that he's returning to DC, but there was some sort of like butting of heads about creative direction of The Witcher. And that's where I'm left kind of, yeah, I, I don't know. So the long story short of it is, yeah, uh, he definitely did butt heads. Yeah. But where it gets kind of more interesting is, you know, he, he didn't say anything like that. He he announced it himself that he was leaving without going any into any detail as to why. Mm-hmm. So is it something where he's leaving because of a creative vision? Is it something he's leaving because of something else? Uh, I tend to think, quite frankly, that the majority of it is he's leaving because he knows that he's not going to be able to film season four yeah. along with whatever's going on with DC. So I just, but yeah, they're definitely he was because he, he was played the game and read the books. The books, like he's, yeah, he's well versed. And I mean, this is not a guy who it's fly by night. Like 
oh, they cast me as this character. Let me start reading up on it. Like he was reading the books and playing the games before they ever cast him in the position. And honestly, he, he looked the part. I mean, he had that presence. He had that imposing, you know, presence in every scene. And he portrayed that character really, really well. I'm, I'm sad about it. (laughs) I know this makes me seem like every online troll, but other than the bit roles that this replacement actor has had, I have no desire to see the lesser Hemsworth brother take on a lead role in anything. Yeah, and to be completely honest, that's part of what really shocks me the most is The Witcher is not exactly a small show. You know that they could definitely get a better actor. Well, that's... Or at least a bigger name actor. And instead, they went with Hunger Games Hemsworth. (laughs) Uh, I just... I don't know, man. It's one of those things, like, I'm sad about it. And... I, I, I obviously I hope for the fans of the franchise that they do well and Hemsworth surprises everybody and does a great thing. I would be shocked if they go to a fifth season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, they must be going to a fifth season because didn't he already shoot four? Or he's not returning for four, he's returning for three. He is not returning for four, and three should be wrapping up or has wrapped filming. Okay, so yes, I maintain they'll do one season with Liam. I would be shocked because it seems like Netflix has had a bit of a quicker trigger finger on properties now, even for some series that have been good. But they're not going to waste money, man, because I think they're seeing the writing on the wall that their prices are going up and people are like, I'm going back to cable. It's cheap again. Well, I mean, here's the thing, and this is where Netflix, and I think we've talked about this before, and I hate beating a dead horse, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, Netflix has got to find a a middle ground here. Yeah. Because here's the deal. I don't have a problem with them canceling a series, but Netflix at this point has become very, very, very well known. Yep. For starting a series, getting it to two seasons, or getting it to three seasons, ending a season on a cliffhanger, and then just shit-canning the show. Yeah. And you can't keep doing that. Like... No. People stop giving a shit after a while. I I mean, I'm at a point where I don't watch very many shows on Netflix, because I feel like at any time it's just going to end. You don't want to invest because you're not going to get your payoff. So what's the point of investing your time, effort, and passion into something where it's like, oh, oh, okay. Well. The only things that I'm invested in on Netflix right now are Stranger Things and Cobra Kai. Yeah. Because they aren't going to shit can Stranger Things, they've they've already got a final season order, and I don't think they're going to shit can Cobra Kai because like two billion minutes of it were watched in the first three days. Yeah, well, we're there's only one series I'm hoping they're not going to shit can, and that is Love Is Blind, and it is trashy and it is fantastic. But even then, at least at the end of a season, you're like, cool, that season's over, and I can move <laughs> on with my life if they cancel it. Yeah. Like, I mean, like the, the equivalent the of what they do with their, I'm just saying the equivalent of the, of what they do with their scripted shit would be in the middle of an episode, 
just shit canning Love is Blind in the middle of the episode and yeah. then being like, there you go, guys. Peace. <laughs> the end. Le fin. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, that being said, there is a shit ton of stuff coming to streaming this month. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about it briefly already, uh, but we've got Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Yep. We have the Weird Al story. We have the Santa Clauses. And we have a Christmas story Christmas. All of those are coming just this month to streaming services that you more than likely already own or don't have to pay for. So, Gregory. Yep. Do any of those help get you, uh, you know, excited for the upcoming month? Nope. <laughs> the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special does. No, don't care. <laughs> Did you see the trailer? There was a trailer. No. <laughs> I'm not. I I don't watch anything related to a specific holiday. It's a holiday special. It's not related to a specific holiday. It's all holidays. Yeah, still, but mostly happen. Christmas. Yeah, no, don't care. Never been that way. I'm I'm, I'm surprised because. I felt like this was kind of a... I actually got the vibe that I was like, I think Greg would laugh at this a little bit. Because we're finally... He would. He's just not giving a chance as he's being a little bitch today. Greg? No. I just... like. When am I ever... It's like, oh, I need to watch this Christmas movie. Was that ever kind It's of... the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. It's not a Christmas movie so much as it is another live action Guardians of the Galaxy movie that they're giving us for free at the end of this month. I have I have one shot here with Greg. Greg. What? You remember the whole bit in the first Guardians about Kevin Bacon? Yeah. What if I told you that this film potentially centers around the Guardians kidnapping Kevin Bacon to reunite him? With Star-Lord. As long as it's not during Christmas, I'm fine with it. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Christmas actually occurred in the spring, so technically this is more centering around a pagan celebration of life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I've never been big on those holiday specials of any, any site. So, doesn't matter if it's the Great Pumpkin or this, so... I'll watch okay. it. I mean, if, if it comes up, if I think about it and it's there, I'll watch it. But I've never been. I I've think never been like that though. I'm I'm like fifty fifty. I think Greg's going to be pleasantly surprised if he spends the time to watch this because I just feel like the whole bit about trying to gift Star Lord Kevin Bacon for Christmas is worth the time invested to watch this film. How long is it? <laughs> Oh, that's we don't know yet. I, I don't, I don't think we know what the running time is yet. But if it, let's it's going to be like up, an hour. It's like Godzilla on a Saturday afternoon. You know what I mean? Soccer's over. There's Hello. kind of a lull. I had a little bit of food. I just want to lay down and watch something kind of goofy. Guardian special. I, I'm, 
I'm optimistic Greg is going to be pleasantly surprised. Don't think about the Christmas stuff. Just think about it as like a kind of cute little heist film featuring the Guardians of the Galaxy and Kevin Bacon. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the Weird Al movie isn't anything to do with Christmas. (laughs) Other than the gift of Daniel Radcliffe. Yes, the gift of Daniel Radcliffe with a a freaking six-pack is Weird Al. (laughs) Yoked Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> yeah. Richard, I know you're a huge fan of Weird Al. And I know you were excited the second they announced this. Um, I think you might be overselling both of those things a little bit. I do like Weird Al and you I have Weird seen Al. him in concert multiple times. It, um I don't think you know this, but if you've seen him more than once in concert, that kinda makes you a fairly big fan. Fairly big, I would take over huge. You're a huge Weird Al fan. Well, like, the last time I saw him in concert was actually with our, our friend Steve. Uh, and we went and saw him at the, uh, I don't remember the full title of it, but he calls it the uh, Ill-Advised Vanity Tour, where he plays all of his deep cuts and original music. Um, and I will fully admit, I did not know a single one of the songs. Like, not one. Yeah. Uh, he didn't even drop an Albuquerque in there. <laughs> uh, so I'm just like, um, it was fun and it was interesting and it was, uh, like, I, I enjoyed it. But, like, every, like one song to the next, I'm just like, I don't <laughs> I feel like any sort of parody fat set list is just going to get tiresome very quick. Yeah, it, it doesn't like the the two times I saw him previously. He did you know his parody song fat like set list with the fat suit and all that other stuff, and he does like big crazy costume changes, and it's actually it's a really fun like thing to do. And again, I'm not saying this wasn't fun, but it was just like I don't know what's happening. Yeah, like I I, I know this is the vanity tour, and I should have done my homework and listened to some of the set list before coming. Um. It was fun. It was just, it was one of those things where it's just like, I, 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 I might as well to an extent have been going to see like a band at a bar. Yeah. Not from the quality standpoint, but from the standpoint of I did not know any of the songs. No, it's, um, we'll see. I'm, what, do we know what services is going to be available on? It is on the Roku channel. Oh, nice. So if, if you have a Roku or any device that has the Roku app, you can watch it for free. If you don't, then you have to go on the web to Roku.com to watch it to free. Right. For free. But uh, it is free. There's no cost whatsoever. Fantastic. I have it. I will watch this after Mr. Radcliffe decided to absolutely verbally put back into place where J.K. Rowling belongs, which is under whatever rock she crawled out of. Uh, I did watch about 10 minutes of it last night. Okay. Um, it was interesting because it is, it's very much so, it's, it is a parody of musical biographies. Oh, really? Um, yeah, what I, what, what I read, because I was very confused just from watching the trailer, um, 
what I read this past week was they specifically did not research anything about Weird Al's life. Like, they knew the very, very high-level story beats. Like, you know, he was inspired by Dr. Demento and stuff like that. Yeah. And they just made up a story to go with it that fits into the parody of musical biographies. Uh, and that 10 minutes I watched last night definitely fit that mold very well. Yeah. Okay. Greg, I don't think you're going to be watching this one. Nope. <laughs> uh, something I think Greg will want to watch, though, that just released a couple weeks ago that we didn't really talk about. The newest season of Somebody Feed Phil on Netflix. What is that? It is like Ted Lasso levels of make you feel good. It is just a delightful series. There's three seasons right now. So there's lots, 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 lots of content for Greg to catch up on if he needs a new series. And currently, Phil Rosenthal is also out on a book tour promoting the book that centers around the series that he is currently in. Um, Phil Rosenthal was one of the producers on Everybody Loves Raymond. Hmm. And his wife... IRL is Robert Barone's wife on the TV series of Everybody Loves Raymond. So it's kind of cool because every now and then she shows up in his series with his kids. Um, the first couple seasons feature his parents at the end of every episode and his dad tells a joke just randomly. And like Phil has no idea what the joke is. So he always just gets caught off guard and just like the most genuine laugh of all time. They're this like very old um, Jewish couple from New York. So like the delivery is just fantastic and it's genuinely one of the most heartwarming series I have seen um, other than his episode in trip to Palestine, which his perspective on that situation was not great. <laughs> He's like, we can fix all the problems here with food. And I was like, Oh dude, that was not not the perspective to take. <laughs> that was mm, ill-timed, not advised. I ooh. Yeah, that's that's just that's a mistake. <laughs> like I started to sweat and I wasn't anything to do with that episode or the recording of it. So um but if you do want to feel Somebody good thing cancel film more like it. <laughs> if it happens, it'll be from that episode. But no, really, um, he sits down with the president of Finland, that woman, I can't remember her name. He has some really, really great conversations with people where he travels. Um, hasn't done Cincinnati yet. I'm a little bit surprised. I'm kind of hoping it's going to come. But yeah, it's it's a really, honestly, it's a palate cleanse in the same way that Ted Lasso is. And I can't recommend it enough. It is. It's kind of funny when it comes to Cincinnati and food places. Um, we have got a shit ton of food here. Like, good food, local food, stuff like that. And every once in a while, you'll see someone who recognizes it. Like, uh, Guy Fieri did that whole episode of Triple D just on one single street in Over the Rhine. Yeah. Which they never do, like, every episode of Triple D's in, like, a bunch of different places. And instead, he was like, holy shit. Look at this one street. We're going to do an entire episode on this one street. Um, but then, like, 
when you look at other places, other like TV shows and stuff like that that center around food, if you ever search for like a Cincinnati episode, there usually isn't one here. Yeah. And and it kind of cracks me up. Like I had Discovery Plus for a while. And at one point I was like, I'm going to look at all the food places I can eat. <laughs> and I typed in Cincinnati and it was like 12 episodes. Like for the entire app. Right. Like, oh, and um, six of them are diners, drive-ins, and dives. Okay. <laughs> and I've ate at all of these places already. Well, it's... Yeah. I I hope maybe it will happen, but that's my, that is my in-passing recommendation. And I think once Greg gets through the entirety... Are you done, Daredevil? I stopped on okay. halfway through season three. I'm going to go back okay. to it when I feel like I want to watch more. Okay. So you're almost done. Yeah. Hold on. How many seasons are there? Three. Wait, is that there? Hmm. I must be halfway through season two then. Because oh, okay. I, I, I got through the first couple episodes. I'm like, what the? Like, this is boring compared to the first the first season. The first like, season was, yeah. First season was great. Second season, everybody said, just just skip it. I'm like, well, I can't. I can't. My brain doesn't <laughs> let me do that. So That's how they get you, Greg. It's how they get you. Yeah. And then this is season three is where it picks back up. So Yeah. Um, I feel like there was something else we had to talk about today. Yeah. Uh, did you watch the trailer for A Christmas Story Christmas? I did not. I will provide my <laughs> reasoning after the fact. You, you, because you want to go into it completely fresh and unaware. Hundred percent. One hundred percent. I am cover cover the discuss it. Um, I can just plug my ears. Whatever. No, um, it's fine. We, we don't. We, we look. It's it's a Christmas story sequel starring the original cast for the most part. Mm-hmm. I don't think we need to really discuss it. No. Um, I, I watched the trailer out of basically worry. Um, I've gone on record as saying that I, I kind of, to a certain extent, can't stand a Christmas story at this point. Right. Um, because my dad just drove it into the ground for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was like, as soon as it came out, it immediately became his favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> and that was fine and dandy when we would watch it as a family, like once or twice a year. Yeah. And then TPS started playing it for 24 hours. <laughs> and every TV in the house would just magically be on 24 hours of a Christmas story. So what you just said is part of the reason I'm avoiding any discussion. I've already muted it. I mean, let's be honest. Twitter is probably gasping its last few breaths at this point, if we're being totally honest. Um, the gentleman who... Yeah, let's not get into it. It's stupid. No, no, no. But there's there's people who have this perspective of Christmas stories similar to yours, and that's why I'm avoiding it all. Because I get it. I get that it was on all the time. But like, why are people upset? Oh, I'm not upset at all. I, I, but that's not I had to watch the trailer you're... though because as much as I'm done with the original, I still hold it in high regard. Like. I will fully admit it's a Christmas classic, even if I can't physically sit down and watch it anymore. Yeah. 
it's, I mean, it's 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 like you know you, you ever have the, the you know your favorite band puts out a new album or new song and you go through and you listen to it so much that after a little while you're just like I could never listen to that again and I'd be very happy. Yeah. But it doesn't mean it's a bad song. It just means that you you overplayed it. I just here's the thing though, guys. Nobody's holding a gun to your head to watch 24 hours of a Christmas story. I'm not saying this to you, Richard, because like I know, like, but like, you know what I mean? People are complaining about it being on TV, and I'm like, what other content on that station are you missing on Christmas Day that you're that agitated by a Christmas story being on? Dude, change the fucking channel. <laughs> Dude, like, yeah, no, I'm mad for the sake of being mad. Calm down, change the channel, turn the t- hey, Christmas Day, turn the goddamn TV off. Like no, that's that's not possible. I, I don't believe it's allowed. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say, though. It's <laughs> just I can't believe the. I just that's that was the first time where I realized like y'all are so comfortable in your lives that the biggest source of stress and anxiety is that a station put on a incredibly endearing Christmas film. For 24 hours because it's kind of fun. And guess what? Not everybody is going to have all day to see the movie. So that if you come in and it's like, you know, we're going to be done brunch around 1 o'clock. Cool. Guess what? That film's going to start again at 2. You can all sit down, get ready, get cozy, get your snacks and watch the movie. But to be like, it's on for 24 hours. I am so upset. No, you're just miserable. On the one day of the year where you should probably just be like expressing gratitude and feeling thankful for the previous year and the year to come. I just, it's, and the Christmas story film has really drawn a lot of ire unnecessarily and probably unfairly. And I just, it's imagine being that angry at Christmas about a really cute film being on TV. Dude, just turn it off. Do something else. Go outside. Touch grass. Is that what the kids say now? Touch grass? Well, and that's, and that's basically been my my personal perspective on it is like when I'm at home in or yeah, when I'm at home and 24 hours of Christmas story is on, guess what I'm not watching? So that's that's been my perspective on it for several years. And it's actually gotten me to the point where I can now go back to, like, my parents' house on Christmas Day. Yeah. And when my dad turns on 24 Hours of Christmas Story, I'm just like, oh, okay. And I don't find it to be just absolutely completely terrible. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's, I, I'm, I am, though. I'm, I'm looking forward to this sequel movie. I don't know if it's going to be the instant classic that the first was. Um, but having watched the trailer for it, I feel better about its chances now than I did prior to watching. Right. I just, it's, I don't know. I'm, as soon as I saw them announce it, I was like, oh, I just need to avoid everything to do with this because it's just going to be people that are preemptively pissed off that in six weeks, this film is going to be on for 24 hours. (laughs) Oh, good God. Nope. Nope. I'm just... I, I... I... There's so many other things to be angry at right now in the world. But y'all chose Christmas Story. <laughs> I actually... I haven't seen anyone really angry about the fact that this is coming. I've 
I've seen people that are like, oh my god, why would you do this? Because they regard the first one as such a classic. Mm-hmm. But that's really about it. I'm just, yep, go on, do it. I'll watch it, I'm fine. And I'll watch that damn original film probably four or five times over the holidays. I don't care. Let's go! I want the good things. I want the feel good. We went to Michael's last night and walked through the Christmas stuff. And my serotonin levels were through the roof. <laughs> I'll no, be a- I actually, I... I put on a Christmas mix for Julie yesterday. I'm going to be a holly jolly motherfucker. That's what I'm going to be right now. <laughs> Julie will try to sing Christmas songs all year round. Yeah. Hey. I good. mean, we're talking like it'll be the middle of May and she'll be like, have a holly jolly Christmas. Absolutely. So we we have uh, kind of put a ban in that she's not allowed to get into like really crazy Christmas music until November 1st. Perfect. And November 1st kind of came and went, and she didn't sing any Christmas songs in the car. Maybe you just need so to play I, one to get her, like, just a jump start. That, that's that's what I did. I, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to pull up the Christmas playlist. Ooh, I like it. Um, she was so happy. So, yeah, no, I'm excited for that. The Weird Al one I'll probably put on just on a day where, like, I got nothing going on, really. Um, the Guardian's Christmas special, obviously, like, day one. Boom, let's go. That'll be a day one view for me. Um, above and beyond that, you know, it's not to jump the gun. People are giving me like, you can't celebrate till after Thanksgiving. And I'm like, I'm Canadian. Thanksgiving was a month ago. Watch me dance around in Garland singing Kelly Clarkson, you miserable prick. <laughs> Anyways, guys, it was good to get back to this. Um, I, we're, we'll, we'll go on a road trip this week so that something big can happen in the world of pop culture. So that we have something to discuss next <laughs> week until that point, Greg, if they want to get a hold of you to talk about the, I believe Chelsea Arsenal tomorrow. Yep. Tomorrow morning. 7 how, can, how can they get a hold of you at Woe Gregory and Richard, if they want to get a hold of you to be able to discuss any and all things including subjects relating to a Christmas story, or they just want to convince you <laughs> if we can raise money to force Richard to watch Clockwork Orange style, a Christmas story for 24 straight hours. How can they contact you? Uh, Richard versus. And if you want to get a hold of me and hold Christmas songs and make cookies, because Christmas is our favorite and we share an affinity for elf culture, contact me through at versus pop versus podcast. Followed by an underscore. Wow, I'm caffeinated. Above and beyond that. Richard. Have a good week, everybody.